Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. This is Amber. Oh, my goodness. And Scott slaughtered another last name. <laughs> if you are a longtime follower of the show, you will know that Scott cannot say or pronounce last names correctly, ever. And we've had Tanya and Joey Madea on the show before. And I thought that when we opened the show and Scott introduced them on, I'm like, did he just say Madia? I'm like, well, maybe that's maybe the Maybe we should just do this way. over the show and like do a director's commentary <laughs> so you can just make fun of me. Oh, director's commentary podcasting. Yeah, okay. Yeah, podcaster's commentary. I don't okay, know. Okay, that could be funny. So, okay, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I, I'm human. That's fine. We're going to have to get you some coursework, like classes or yeah. some, something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I, you know, okay, I, here's another name. I, well, Kristen. Kristen. Kristen Humphreys. I have no memory. Just, I will say names. You know, I didn't get to eat before we do this. You thing. had I chili. Ba- I barely had, no, I barely had any because I was so busy fixing stuff because everything's breaking around here all oh, the time. Yeah. Um, Kristen. Kristen Humphreys. Kristen Humphreys. Yes. I got my letter so they obviously didn't get to the p.o box at the no same not time. at time because the mail sucks right now and that's just because here's around the, the holidays here's but, the trip with this I, I i i i've had this sitting here and you know i have to apologize first off because i've had this for a couple weeks now it's been sitting here on on the production table and i forgot to mention about like mention it last week so i'm really sorry about that uh, but i wanted to make a point to mention this this week and say thank you well explain what it is it's a beautiful postcard of some of Kristen's work, uh, her artwork, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I and mean, it's the same thing. She said the same thing to you. Yeah, yeah. You got a different card though. You got a different image. Oh yeah, than look, I, did. Look at I this. got an owl. You got. I got a crow. You got crow. Oh, it's so pretty. I want to put it somewhere, but I almost want to just. I mean, everything she sent here. Uh, oh, and I did you know, a nice letter too. Um, yeah, she but, sent I mean, us fancy handwritten letters. That's the thing. And we're, still, we're still talking f- about it. Frame the envelope. We're so thrilled. <laughs> I, I, dude, look at this. I mean, Someone cares. <laughs> this, this writing is insane. It's fun. It's beautiful looking. And I don't, I don't want to throw the envelope. I'm afraid to throw the envelope out. It's just, the, the amount of time she obviously put into this, um, I, I just, I think I'm just going to leave it on my desk here, and that's it. We not, should frame them because they're little, yeah, and I have a lot great, of little frames. Yeah, yeah I, we do, and I, yeah, we should frame these and put them in the studio somewhere here. So I wanted to say thank you. Uh, finally, I apologize, delay in th- saying thank you, I guess. So thank you, Kristen. Really appreciate you sending that out to us and thinking about us. Um, great, great, great show we had tonight. Yeah, super um, fun. Except for me messing up names. Slaughter of names. Slaughter, slaughter of names. Yeah, that can be a metal song. You can write metal. that with your band. We're going to send this to a band. With your I'm going to write this with, uh, with your band. With your you can little band. write that with your little band, Scott. You can write a little Scott. metal you, song you, you with your band, band buddies. Band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slaughter we're of names. Okay, you're taking over now because you're, <laughs> you're way more on the pocket than I am tonight. So, okay. Yeah, so the, rest, the rest is yours. Tanya and Joey Medea, they have come on the show to talk about all kinds of stuff. We started with their new book. They have a new book coming out. Called, well, no, it well, came out in October of 2020. Yeah. And it is, where's, I'm missing my Roommates here. from I'm Beyond, not, yeah. How to Live in a Haunted Home. Yes. And, um, which I think everyone should probably have that in, you know, in their house, just as reference in case something happens suddenly, you can just grab it and go, hold on, <laughs> page 70. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a manual. Yeah. It's an instructional so, manual. And, and they're, they're veteran paranormal investigators and experiences. They've been yeah. doing this for a long time. They're podcasters themselves. They have a show you can go watch. And we just went all over the place talking about ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, aliens, aliens, all kinds of stuff. And it everything was fun. in between it and was outside just fun. and around. It was just fun. It was just a great time. Yes. <laughs> I 
Okay. Enjoy Tanya and Joey Medea. Medea. Thank you. So there are some guests I love having on the show, uh, and we had these two wonderful people on a couple years ago. We were talking about this a few minutes ago, and we kind of reconvened not too long ago, and I said, hell yeah, let's do this thing again. So I want to welcome to Ghostly Talk, Tanya and Joey Amadia. Guys, thank you so much for spending some time with us here. We really appreciate you taking the time to spend with us. Oh, we're looking oh, forward to it. Thank you for it. having us. We love coming on with you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, New book you guys have, uh, and the name is Roommates from Beyond, How to Live in a Haunted Home. And I love the cover art, by the way. Yes, I look at oh. it. It's yeah, really cool it's got like some little weird creature, and then there's like clearly something like cloven hooved, and then there's a Victorian <laughs> like lady, and then yeah, like yeah. someone else with a Band-Aid on their leg. Like it's just very like the whole, the whole like uh, gamut of like stuff that can be in your house hanging out. <laughs> So, so that's a that's a shout out to uh, to my college roommate from thirty something years ago. Chuck Reagan does all our covers, all our posters, all our publicity. Oh wow! Well, he did a yeah. good job. I love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's talk about the book for a second here. I mean, I guess I can just let's just hit this right on the nose. I think the title kind of says it all. Uh, but I, my question would be, um, it, to me, when I read this title, "Roommates from Beyond: How to Live in a Haunted Home." Um, it sounds like an instructional type manual thing for me, right? So I want to hear what the, that may be what it is, but I want to hear exactly what it is from you guys. So that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It, it's a practical how-to guide. So our first book, when you first had us on, was Watch Out for the Hallway, our two-year investigation of the most haunted library in North Carolina. So it was great that we had 150 hours to go into this library. We brought over 500 guest investigators in. It was, it was a wonderful experience. Yeah. And it helped to kind of put us on the map. So we've been very busy now as case-oriented paranormal investigators. So we get emails, phone calls, all those great things. Hey, we have a problem. We think we have a haunting. Can you help us? So it's what's better than helping a few people than trying to help a lot of people. So mm-hmm. Tanya and I, as we were putting our case notes together and looking at all these cases from, from the field, some wins, some losses... Uh, different outcomes, learning a ton on the job training. We said, maybe we can do this. People seem to say, uh, Joey and Tanya, you seem to know what you're doing. Like you have a real system, you have a method, like good for you. Mm-hmm. So so we said, let's, let's try to help some people. The Paranormal Bill of Rights. I, well, yeah. at first I just want to mention that when we were yeah. taking investigations like years and years and years ago, yeah. and the number one question that people would write to us is, I have something going on. Yeah. What do I do? 
And there weren't really books on like, yeah. hey, here's Stepping some suggestions. Back, yeah. There was like Troy Taylor had his book out, uh, the Ghost Hunters Guidebook, but really it was more of like step by step for investigators, not mm-hmm. necessarily someone who's on the opposite end experiencing a haunting. Yeah. So I think I like seeing books like this come out because it's just I think they need and, and written by cool people. Because my flat out response back to a question like that 20 years ago is, I don't know. Like, <laughs> we'll come in there and take pictures. We'll co- yeah, we'll come in there and take pictures. <laughs> we, record, we record EVP. Yeah, well, hopefully we didn't sound that stupid. But <laughs> I felt it's, that now. You, yeah, well, like, yeah. and we didn't know what we were walking into sometimes. No, and, but... and we didn't have answers. When you say you're doing something like this, like you're into the paranormal, and if, even if it's just like a hobby or something like that, and that's what I've always considered it for me. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty involved hobby. Um, people think that uh, you really know a lot of stuff. Like there's stuff that you may know about stuff from you beyond, figured I guess. Out. And I'm like, no, I don't. You probably know more than I do. <laughs> so, I, and I mean, people really do think you have the answers. Um, and I think... There's something to be said about more experience, of course, when you're immersing yourself and you're exposing yourself to things like this. Um, yeah, you're going to have more experience, I guess. And that's where maybe some answers can come from. But yeah, there were no books like this, you know, many, many years no. ago. So I want to know what no. the Paranormal Bill of Rights is, because this seems to fit like well in our political, like <laughs> it's like tomorrow we get a new president. Yes. I want to hear about the Paranormal Bill of Rights. Paranormal that, that's Bill more interesting. <laughs> Right. So it so when we when we made the decision and said, okay, our next book is going to be this how to guide, um, you sort of you sort of hold your breath and wait for the gods to strike you down. Right. Because now, like we don't use the word authority. We don't use the word expert. We don't believe in that because we're learning as we go. And there's at least one case in the book where we couldn't we couldn't help the people. So we sure as hell know uh, that by the grace of God, go we. So. Then, as I was setting up the the structure, I said, "Man, there has to be some kind of prescribed. Here's here's the right way to go about this, right? Having to do with respect and no nos and all of this. Someone mm-hmm. had to codify all of this. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty good with internet searches, and I spent months, and I could not find anything. So I said, "Let's do it." So mm-hmm. I did a 10-point draft. I said, why not a bill of rights, right? Because clients have rights, investigators have rights, the dead have rights. Um, so we started to vet it with 8, 10, 12 colleagues. And they said, yeah, this is here's little, here's where you're being redundant. Here's where you might want to change the language a little. And through this whole vetting process, we decided to put it out there. And again, I held my breath. And waited for the gods to strike us down. But it's actually <laughs> been it's actually been really well received. So so that's great. What are some of the highlights from it? What do you think makes it stand out? Hmm. The the one that people talk about most is that it's not a zoo. This this <laughs> isn't a place where we come to poke prod <laughs> for our amusement for just for our knowledge. So so Tanya and I don't like the term ghost hunting. Yeah. Right. Because you hunt. You. Yeah. You hunt animals and uh, you hunt witches. Yeah. We heard that on Coast to Coast uh, mm-hmm. several weeks ago. There was a guest on uh, her name escapes me. But she said it's like witch hunting. That's not a good thing. And and like you both said, we, we had a case. It's the one in the book that we think is most important because it didn't have a good outcome. Um, they called other investigators and they said, well, we'll come in and, and take pictures and yeah. gather evidence, <laughs> but we can't help you with your problem. Yeah. <laughs> so so I think that that's it. I think the respect. Yeah. Why do we do this? We don't get paid 
We get paid in stories. We get paid in knowledge and opportunity. So, so that's kind of the flavor of the 10 points. Yeah, and there's a lot to be said about that. And it's a topic, that term, ghost hunter. And I'll say this, you know, 18 years ago, Doug, uh, one of, you know, one, the, the man who was part of this show in spirit still, um, was one of the ones that said that. He's like, I don't like that term ghost hunter. It just sounds, you know, a ghost hunter. I mean, just think about it, what you're saying. He's like, you know, a ghost observer. You know, somebody, I want to observe something. I don't want to shoot it and take it home. <laughs> I just want to observe something, right? So it's something that, yeah, I've kind of run down that for many years, that idea. Unfortunately, and there, I'm going to get opinionated here, I guess, a little bit. Uh, I think the term ghost hunter, for a lot of people, it just sounds good cool yeah. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. yeah i mean i'm sorry and there's oh boy here we go uh so i think there's some people in the field and there's lots of people in this field now it's grown leaps and bounds over the last 15 years and i think you know i mean i've just seen some of that element where it's like i see why they like the term ghost hunter because they dress like hunters <laughs> well <laughs> yes. sure it's an old term too it goes yes, back it, is. it goes way yeah. back like I, I i'm thinking of a book right now confessions of a ghost hunter written by harry price who was mm-hmm. kind of like back in the early 20th century was sort of like the zach baggins of his day yeah so mm-hmm. it's you know it's been around i guess there's a sense of adventure also in that yeah. when you say well, I'm, ghost I'm, I'm, I'm a ghost hunter i mean all of a sudden you think of indiana jones and the hat <laughs> and the leather yeah you know and yeah. you're running down you're getting chased by giant boulders <laughs> i mean oh, there's a ghost right there i mean that's i guess that's the other thing too is it just makes you sound way more exotic extreme yeah <laughs> you know extreme yeah i guess extreme too extreme, so yeah. but that term yeah taking that and pulling that back is a that's a huge one and i agree with you guys a hundred percent on that thank you thank you so tanya you're a certified you were certified uh, well this was last year uh in hypnosis from what i understand mm-hmm. uh and you got a you got a specialty certification in past life regression that's correct. Can we talk about past life regression for a few minutes? Because of course, I've, I've been exposed to it a lot, but it's still something that I guess I should say I can't really get. I, I don't think I have my arms fully around it, giving it a big old bear hug yet. Okay. Um, so, I mean, please tell me what. Tell me all about this, if you don't mind. Sure. So, what do you want to know? Is there anything in particular, or do you just want me to kind of run run down the process? I want to um, verify that I was a king in my past <laughs> life. <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? Not me. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's I think what you're looking for a 101. Well, no, yeah, just a past 101. Past life regression 101. You know, I, and I don't want to know anything about my past because there's enough stuff mm-hmm. I've done in this life. You were I'm, a I'm... mafia crime boss. Dude, now that's cool. No, but I'm just pretty sure you were. Why? Because just your nature. <laughs> awkward pause I'm gonna, I'm gonna not that scott's a crime like you're like a criminal showed us but you're just like nice turn i think you could be very scary oh, if, if you were like a boss and you've yeah. often said you love casino and you love all your crime stuff you had a picture of al capone yeah in the old office probably because yeah. al capone was your old boss so you were like oh like a part of you was <laughs> still remembering can we talk that. about past regression <laughs> okay, please I'm, oh my okay. god i'm sorry <laughs> I, I no, I, I guess yeah. The as far as like the one on one of that, if you don't mind, like just mm-hmm. the idea. I mean, I've had exposure to this, but I'm just curious what you know how you look at uh, past life regression. 
Sure. So I guess I want to start by saying what really got me interested in past lives is when our son was really little, he was like three. Mm -hmm. And he would wake up from his naps and he'd be very confused and disoriented. And he'd look around the room and he'd say things like, where am I? Where's my family? And we'd say, well, we're your family, bud. And he'd be like, no, no. I mean, like my wife and my kids, like, you know, I'm a fireman and the hoses are heavy and those fires are really hot. And we were really kind of baffled by that. Mm -hmm. But what really got me is one afternoon we were having lunch together. And again, he was about three and he turned and he looked at me and he's kind of turning his head from side to side and his eyes got really wide and he said, it's you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's your mom. And he said, no, no, no. Don't you remember like when I was a grown up and we used to be friends and I would come and pick you up and brush your hair and we would go dancing. Whoa, so I really, okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I had always been interested in past lives, but that really kind of piqued my interest. And, you know, I had done reading about it over the years and you know, watched documentaries and whatnot. Yeah. But once I got my hypnosis certification, what I was really interested in was getting the further certification to do past life regression. And basically um, what happens is I'll just kind of walk a client through the induction process, get them nice and relaxed. And, um, you know, they'll set their intention ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's just as simple as I'm just going to learn whatever is most helpful for me. And for some people, they don't even have a past life experience. They may meet with a spirit guide. Um, They may just have this wonderful sort of um, enlightening uh, sort of download of information. But more often than not, people do end up having an encounter with a previous life. So for me, for example, when I first had the um, practice of it to kind of see what it was like, I wanted to know about that past life with my son. Yeah. And what I found out was it was World War II. I was a young woman. Um, The radio was playing. I was in this apartment Um, I could see everything, like the details of everything down to like the upholstery on the sofa. And I went into the kitchen and my father was in there. The phone rang and a friend called and said she was coming. We were going to go to the dance. And shortly there, and I, I was like getting my hat and gloves. And then shortly thereafter, she arrived. And when I looked at her, it was my son. So just by just by looking in the person's eyes, generally people know or have a sense who that is in their present life. Um, so that was my experience. But for clients, you know, of course, it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. But we go through the induction. We set the intention. And uh, you go through a door at a certain point in the induction. You cross through the threshold. And you just kind of let it unfold. Does your son have any memory of saying that to you as a kid? He doesn't. And what's really interesting about children when they have these recollections from previous lives, they often lose that, usually around four or five. Figures. I know. It dissipates off, basically. Human brain. (laughs) I know. But what was really cool with our son, he's now 26. And so once I had the regression and got the information, he was completely open to the fact that, you know, here he was a young woman in 1940s. Um, and that was our previous life together. 
That's so wild. Well, this and it just goes back to you know the idea that I mean, obviously, in this plane of existence, uh, we do you know, and, and and I know this is nowadays is a very relative term. The world's changing drastically, um, but in this case, I mean, your son was a woman at that time, from what I understand, correct? Correct. Yeah, but but you were able to look in her eyes at the time and mm-hmm. tell that that was your son through a past life regression, correct? Exactly. So it's like there's a soul recognition. And that's, I think, what was happening when he was three and he was looking in my eyes. I look nothing now like I did in that life, but he recognized me on a soul level. So that just stands by that idea that, yeah, we're just energy, basically. Sure. But Mm -hmm. Tanya, do you, you, I've heard of this uh, concept called soul families, like that we travel Mm -hmm. kind of as a pack. Um, Do you find that to be true in your studies? I definitely think that's true. I've had other past life regression sessions since then. I had a past life experience uh, that included both my daughter in this life and my mother from this life in a previous life. And that was a completely different one. That was one in New Orleans in, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, in Louisiana in the 1700s. And you were African-American. And I was, yeah, I was a slave. So, I mean, it just, it crosses obviously, uh, races it co- covers cult uh, covers across cultures it covers across ge- genders i mean and it just goes back to what i was saying a second ago like we're just all souls and yep. i mean again the there i guess the question is you know why do we go through this this plane of existence and there's a lot of different answers i've heard for that but we can still recognize each other through the passage of time because, I mean, yeah, you hear people say, I've heard people say that about other people, like uh, that he or she, that's an old soul. You know, mm-hmm. and I've heard this from people young and old. And I'm like, and I've, I'm like, I've always been like, well, that's a very kind of beautiful term. It's very, it's very romantic. But what the hell are you talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean by that? Um, and I, I don't think even the person who's saying that can probably explain that. But it, maybe it's just some intuition that they have from maybe from a past life of their own, that they may just know this stuff. Um, But yeah, you may, I mean, I guess the idea of this is if you're a child, like you were saying, your son, he had some memory of that for a couple of years. And then it just, like I said, it just kind of dissipated off. I guess that's the idea, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's really common. You've done some sessions on past life regression recently. I mean, I guess we've we've talked about this a little bit, like on you know, well, I guess yeah. What does it all mean? We were talking about we, we're talking about reincarnation, I guess too. I mean, it ties in with past to life regression, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, and I'm I've already been kind of tipping my hat to this, going, uh, you know, what is the bigger picture of this thing? I mean, we we come back a different color. I mean, a different race, a different uh, gender, a different something, right? Maybe, maybe well, what's even the a, point of coming back? Maybe, a, maybe even an animal. Maybe you come back. I've heard that too. Like, well, in my past life, I was a kitty cat. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. That'd be pretty awesome too. But, uh, I mean, yeah, what is it? Why do we keep going through this? I mean, is it something just a continuous cycle? Is this the machine we live in? <laughs> the matrix. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the, that's the journey, right? I, I have, um, I have a problem with structure, hierarchy, authority for, for various reasons. Mm -hmm. So the idea that, oh, I was this freewheeling soul, but I signed this contract and I had to come 
here and go through all this muck and mire for all these years and then i'm going to be judged and decide oh can i be a bodhisattva here or you know be a mm -hmm. truly ascended old soul or do i have to come back again and start all over yeah. and i kind of find the whole i found the whole thing kind of tiring and offensive for the longest time mm -hmm. but in this journey that tanya and i are taking like i think it was about five weeks ago tanya did um a regression past life regression with me live on our live stream okay she just did it and i had no idea what to expect two times in my life i had been regressed to go back to a point in time that was traumatic for me to kind of work through it and and it had been an interesting experience i still can't explain this i i think the biggest challenge for for hypnotists like Tanya is to dispel what we think about in the movies of the, the spinning wheel and the people clucking like chickens and yeah. Manchurian candidate. It was <laughs> not like that at all. It was a, it was a deep, deep relaxation, but I felt always in control yet these images came up and I just went through, I watched myself die in the late 1700s. And when it was incredibly unsettling, I was dying of a fever near a campfire um, deep in the African jungle, and I knew nobody. Um, there were these men who were kind of attending me, but they didn't speak my language. Mm -hmm. And I was watching my life ebb out. And it was the weirdest. It was the weirdest thing. How do you watch yourself die? Not very well. <laughs> I mean, I, um, I mean I, I was, that's a rhetorical kind of question, but it's like... Yeah. It just popped in my head, like, you know, if you had that opportunity, and it sounds like you did. Yeah. So I, I also watched myself die in the life I experienced in the 1700s. It was different for me. I, um, I was very detached from it. So, again, I think it's just a different experience for everyone who has it. Once you have these regressions, do you sort of find yourself with a new set of memories that like you kind of pick up these memories from this past life. Um, I mean, how, how does, how does your brain process that after you pick this information up? Wow. That's a I question. didn't, but there was a man who contacted us after watching the show and he said, your description of where you were on the ship in Boston and sailing around and all of this triggered memories for me. And I think I was on that ship with you. Oh, and now yeah. I have all of these. Yeah. So for me, it did it. Like, I write all these pirate stories, nautical. I play this Scottish pirate and a bunch of other pirates. And people have asked, um, they've said, do you think you were a pirate in a past life? Because the the detail and the richness with which you do this work. And, and so that's what I wanted to see. Turned out I wasn't a pirate. I was a merchant man. But it triggered these really strong memories for this man. And it didn't seem like a kooky fan. Yeah. Like, Hey man, like I think we were like soulmates back in the day and we, we sailed together. It wasn't that, that kind of like ingratiating sort of fan thing. He was sincere. And and so that was really cool. But Tanya, do you do you, you you've had so many clients now? Are are they experiencing that memory wise? I, I have had a couple of clients who have, yes, had these spontaneous recollections. Uh, oh yeah, oh my gosh, now I remember that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um what I've found most interesting is how like when you're there experiencing it in the moment you just have this knowing you just kind of know where you are you know like for example when joey was in boston there wasn't like a sign that said boston but he knew that's where he was um and that's just how it tends to be um 
you know what your purpose is, like when you're entering into a building, oh, I'm coming here because I work here or I live here or, you know, my relationship with this person or that person. You just kind of you're you're remembering it in the moment that you're experiencing it. You guys, go ahead. I was just, I just, this was kind of a little off, not off topic, but it just made me wonder would, would someone, when you take clients and how things can go south or, well, north or south, depends. And have you ever had a client after a, a regression session kind of get mad because they didn't like what they saw? Oh, God. <laughs> like, have you ever had a fussy one? <laughs> No. Oh, no. good. Thank goodness I haven't. <laughs> I mean, I, I always, uh, you know, let everybody know you're going to have the experience that you're most meant to have. So whatever is going to be most beneficial for you, that's the experience that you're going to have. How about how about disappointed, though, because sure. they, they weren't royalty or yeah. that's another big it wasn't like Cleopatra. Trope. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a big one, um, Cleopatra. Yep. Everyone's Cleopatra. <laughs> I may have and they just didn't want to say it, but but nobody's said to me that they okay were that's good i know every once in a while we talk to our medium friends and they they tell us some stories about like some of the the weird moments they've had with with, with this field no past regression had karen's I, also i they might they it, they it, might i mean nobody said anything and uh, when, when you're talking when you're doing your psychic mediumship and you're talking um, you're trying to reach uh, the deceased members, family, friends, so yeah. on for people. They they get disappointed or bristly or question. Um, once in a while, yeah, I'll have someone. It's it's like I'm sorry that particular loved one isn't coming through, but here's who I am getting. Yeah. Um, I you know what I get a lot as a medium. Grandparents come through a lot, and whether whether they knew the person in life or not, they just kind of tend to hang around and watch over. I mean, it's your grandparents, right? So mm -hmm. people often be like, "Well, I never knew my grandparents." I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry to tell you, they're there." <laughs> I would love that. Like that would be that's one of the things. Like I would, I don't know. I would love my grandparents. Like if they, my grandparents, thankfully, are still with me. Mm -hmm. But like to have my grandparents come through like that, like, and if they didn't, I probably would be sad. I'd be like, oh, I gotta go to another medium. <laughs> Maybe no, I gotta go to the. Fifth I want to speak to the manager. Go, you know, you know, there's people out there that do that. They'll go through mediums like. Next, next, well, next. A second opinion, I guess. Until they yeah. get like, and some well, some people, and maybe the more. Hey, we all know there's probably a few corrupt mediums out there that are just yeah, like, I'm yeah. gonna give them the message they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you yeah, know that happens. True. I guess the strangest thing I've had, and this was recently, it was a woman, uh, this was so strange. Her stepmother, her ex-stepmother, I guess, had died. Her father had pre-deceased her stepmother. Mm -hmm. And her stepmother had recently had a horrible accident and died. And she didn't like her stepmother. And she wanted to know if her father pushed her down and caused the accident. Accident. I was like, Ooh. no. And she wanted me to say yes. I mean, that would have made her day. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, no, no, he didn't do that. That's yeah. not what happened. I, I don't understand that idea where, I mean, I've had plenty of readings done myself and I never came in there going with an, ex, with an expectation. This is what mm -hmm. I want to hear. I mean, that's, I, I thought that was kind of what makes this a, a very special and spiritual thing is you're coming in there, not really, you're coming in there kind of not knowing what's going to happen. It's off the hip, right? Um, yeah. And you never, and it's, as we both know, it's not an exact thing. There's not, there's a lot of, you know, there's no absolutes in this stuff. We know that. So you don't know what's going to happen. And I find it hilarious that someone would actually get, even be disappointed. Like, well, that's not what I want to hear. Well, <laughs> right. What do you want me to tell you, man? I mean, <laughs> sorry, I can't, I can't, I can't, 
I would say I can't read minds. That's what I do. Yeah, professionally. But missing time experiences also. Oh, I'm really excited to talk about when I saw these on our notes. I was like, oh, aliens. Like this is I. This is my topic right now. It has been. But wait a minute. Um, because Joey, you mentioned something a few minutes ago. I mean, and what I was thinking more about. I guess, I guess you're right, Amber. Missing time is this thing of of aliens. Yes, experiencers. But I mean, I thought. Yes. I thought about another way of looking at this too, and you mentioned something about maybe a traumatic experience in your life, right? Uh-huh. You mentioned that, yep. Joey. And I know, I know people that that are mentally disturbed. I mean, I know plenty of people like that. Uh, and like that's some of the things I've taught we've talked about was that they may be they're a lot better now. They may have had major issues in the past. And one of the things that they what made them nuts or what are crazy, I should say, I'm sorry, that's kind of a bad way to say it. But um, there was the fact that they blocked a lot of things out. Like they like it was sitting right. in their subconscious, this these horrible experiences they had, maybe abuse that they had when they were younger, and it sat in their subconscious, but they never really ever was able to just take it head on, acknowledge it, deal with it, and then you know, you'll never you're never cured as we know, right? It's it's right. Uh, you you're you can only cope. And right. I mean that's something too. And missing time, I don't know why that I gravitated towards that idea that some people just simply block things out there because they're too damn traumatic. Right. Right. So, so for me, those two experiences were things that I had remembered and they were key moments in my life where, where I didn't have control over what was happening to me. And by going back in those regressions, I was able to get some semblance of control. I was able to put them in perspective. And so it was really helpful. Now missing time. Yeah. Our missing time was in 2009 we did not recover those two hours of memories until mm. 2020 because doing this work and doing it more and more publicly, more and more people were asking. So we'd say, yeah, we saw this interdimensional being in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Yeah. And then we had two hours of missing time. Well, what happened during that missing time? We were like, we have no, no idea. idea. <laughs> we never really stopped to think about it. Mm. But Tanya and I, especially when she decided to get the hypnosis, we really had a discussion. Yeah. That time is missing. Those memories are gone for a reason. So do we really want to pull back the blanket? (laughs) And I think it's because like going on our show and doing the past life regression, or I had my palm read and it wasn't all great news live on our show. We've sort of, it's a thing that we do. (laughs) And it was totally by accident where, okay, Joey will be the guinea pig for (laughs) this in the moment kind of thing. I'm a brave guy. I got nothing to hide. But um, and then when we pulled the blanket back, it's it's been three and a half months of heavy, heavy processing about what happened to us during those two hours, because it's kind of nutty. So so set us up with the with the story. What you guys are in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, which for those of you who don't know, that is the site of the famous Mothman from 1966. And then, yeah, and now the Mothman pancakes. Mothman pancakes pancakes forever. Jeff Jeff Wamsley is a really great guy who who does the Mothman Festival. Wonderful guy. But it's a a whole area with um, a great book. Read the book by John Keel. And there was a movie that came out. Eh, It's okay. But (laughs) the book is awesome. And and that whole story is fascinating. So I want to know what your story is is that led up to this missing time sure so it was 2009 
We had recently moved to West Virginia. We had also recently just seen the movie, The Mothman Prophecies, mm-hmm. and and so subsequently read the book. We kind of yeah. did it backwards, but uh, and I agree. I love the movie, but the book is just so yeah, much way more way more details and cool yeah. stuff. Right. So we decided, well, I wanted to go. I found out that the Mothman Museum at Point Pleasant was only three and a half hours away from where we lived. Joey was like, I don't want to go to something called the Mothman <laughs> Museum. So I, it took me two years, actually, to convince him. And uh, so finally, 2009, we went for the weekend and um, we had gone into Jeff, Wom- Jeff Wamsley's museum. Mm-hmm. And then at the time, there was a little shop there called The Point, um, yep. owned by a gentleman named Bob, Bob Landrum. Land- yeah, Landrum. And Bob was great. He drew us a map and he was like, here's where you want to go. You want to check out this igloo. This is where people get really cool, like orbs and, and different things. And at the time, we weren't paranormal investigators. We were just trying to figure out like what, what all these experiences we have been having were all about. So mm. so he gave us some some details and he drew us a map and we drove out there. And for those who don't know, like where the igloos are, are the TNT area where oh, the yeah. original sighting took place. Yeah, we've been That's, we've been out there. It's 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 wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the McClintock Wildlife Preserve. Mm-hmm. And it's only like 15 minutes from downtown Point yep. Pleasant. So we leave Bob's store. It's I can't remember exactly, but it's like two or two thirty in the afternoon. So you figure fifteen minute drive out to the TNT area. And we get there and it just feels really eerie. It's a beautiful sunny day, summer day, sky's blue, beautiful wildlife preserve, and yet our hackles are up and we feel really strange. We feel like we're being watched. So we only stayed there for like 15 minutes. We had gotten a sage bundle. We left it as sort of an offering. Um, couldn't go in the igloo. Stick my in arm in and snap some pictures. <laughs> and we were like, let's get the hell out let's of it. Now, I was a kid who grew up in the Pinelands where the where the Jersey Devil is. Oh, okay. okay. And camped. And, and so it's what we found out later is what Keel calls the zone of fear. So there's this really weird zone of fear in Point Pleasant in that area off of Route 62. Mm-hmm. So we hightail it back into the car and we're driving back and all and we're trying to process because it, it, it totally doesn't jive how we feel and what our visual is. So there's this great disconnect. And all of a sudden we look at each other and say, did you see that? Because we saw uh, jumping in front of the car right in front of us it sort of materialized on the left side of the road on the edge of the road in a single bound it leapt across the two lanes landed on the right side of the road and just vanished Ooh. and it was basically like a bipedal humanoid shape but nothing that you could really discern is like arms or there were no wings. So we don't think it was Mothman, but it was this really dark gray, just sort of humanoid figure. Oh, right. That so, is so we wild. drive back to town. We're like, what the heck? And we get this, we get this message. We get this impulse. I say, let's not tell each other what we saw. Let's draw it. When we get where we can get, let's each draw it. And that came from somewhere other than me. I don't know where it came from, but that's not an idea that I I wish I could say we were such cool paranormal investigators. We knew right (laughs) how to handle this experience. No, our minds are blown. So we, we get it drawn this and that. We go back to Bob's and the place is closed. 
and Main Street in Point Pleasant is like a ghost town. Now, it wasn't as vibrant and popular as it is now. Um, it's really come come on strong in the past five, six years. Mm-hmm. But there had been a lot of people. So we knock on the door. Meanwhile, I glance at the phone and I'm like, "Hun, it's after five. We shouldn't have been gone any more than like 45 minutes. You figure 50, 55 with the little sketches and all. And here yeah. it is over two hours later. So that's how it all started. So we told Bob what happened. He gave us the card of John and Tim Frick. Uh, they play the Mothman um, at the festival. They're kind of staples. They've been on TV all the time. They're investigators. And so this is August. We go back home and we promptly forget about it. We have kids to raise. We have children to run. I mean, children to run. Wow, Freudian slip. Kids to raise, <laughs> businesses to run. If the kids are listening, that's, they're like, nice, dad. <laughs> Running us around the holler. Um <laughs> So two months later, three months later, my phone rings. We're leaving a Walmart in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, hi, this is John Frick, and I wanted to talk to you about your experience. And I'm thinking, I have no idea what this guy's talking about. Uh, he said, I got your number from Bob, you know, at the point in Point Plaza. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we're wondering if you'd like to come back. We're going to have a bunch of paranormal investigators come down, and we want to go to the site where you saw it and sort of deconstruct it. And I was like, uh, uh, okay. And I got off the phone and I said to Tanya, I guess we're going to do this thing. Yeah. And it turned into a thing. It was in a number of books and people would talk about it on the circuit. And I, it, it was very weird. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then the questions began because there are a couple of weird things. It took us much longer to get back to town than we thought it did. So mm. that was really weird. And I distinctly remember seeing a gas station. I saw the colorful pendants around it like it was a special event or a grand opening. I mm-hmm. saw the old style pumps. Uh, I saw the garage. There is no gas station between there and uh, or there's a very modern one, but nothing like that between there and back in town. So there were all these really weird space-time, possibly alternate dimension questions. Yeah. And when we were sure... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Go ahead, Tanya. I was going to say, we were sure there were two uh, cornfields where we saw the being materialized. There was a cornfield on the left side and the right side. And when we went back, there's only one cornfield on the as you're heading back into town would be on the right side of the road. And there couldn't have been a cornfield on the other side because there's a house there. Mm. When you saw that bean, was it during the day? Yes. Yes. It was about two. It was probably about three o'clock in the afternoon. Yep. Now, what struck me when you guys said that, my, my, I have a friend who years ago saw something during the day while she was hiking along Lake Michigan, and she still does not know what she saw, said she couldn't really describe it except for it was bipedal and human-like, and she described it as kind of seeing it leap and jump unnaturally long, but then she said when she noticed it it's like it stopped and stared at her like almost like it had been like oh crap something sees me and she remembers distinctly hearing like heavy breath like (sighs) like it was out of breath or something but when you guys said like like do you you remember what color it was or you said you just really couldn't tell except for kind of a general shape i i have always described it as it was it was as if a man in a neoprene wetsuit so a shiny black uh, suit was shot out of a cannon oh. so arms down at its sides i just saw a long torso the extension 
of the legs and the head. And it was pitch, pitch black to me against a really uh, blue sky. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to yeah. see that. <laughs> yeah. No. But, the, but the fact that what they saw leaped um, unnaturally, that was the same thing. Yeah, that sounds mm. very much like what we yeah. saw. And I remember it as being dark in color as well. Although to me, it didn't seem like it was a man being shot out of a cannon. I remember commenting, it didn't look anything like a deer, but to me, it moved like a deer. Like you've ever seen a deer sort of leap across the road. It had that same sort of graceful yeah, movement. That's, that's interesting because that's what my friend felt too. She said it had like that. She she said it. the color of it reminded her of like like a deer. Like it just sort of blended in like deer do. Um, mm-hmm. It's so, yeah. I yeah, that is trippy. And that you both, both of you guys had sort of different perceptions of what you saw, even though you saw the same thing. That's yeah. What was really weird about that is we drew the exact same thing, which Mm -hmm. is really uncommon. Usually, have two different perspectives, like you said. You'll have two a little bit slightly different drawings. We drew the exact Mm -hmm. same thing with the exact same like little details. Yeah, what was in the field and the composition of the drawing is exactly the same. Uh, so that was very weird. And then when we got the past life regression, not to ruin anything, but the deer thing turned out to be frightfully accurate. And I was actually the one who saw it in that form, um, even though Tanya remembered it, you know, when it leapt. Yeah, it wasn't until we had the regression that I saw what it kind of really looked like. Uh-uh. No, this, this is why I don't want to re- get regressed. Rosemary <laughs> Ellen Guiley always told me that I should get some type of hypnotherapy or something because i always had a healthy like an extreme healthy fear of aliens yeah and mm-hmm. she always said that to me whenever i tell her some weird story or rosemary i had this dream now uh, you really should get some therapy you know not therapy. you really should get some therapy ever no like, you really <laughs> should get <laughs> you should get some hypnosis and i was like no i think i'm good like i don't know if i need to know this stuff but you you guys had an experience as well that included the iconic little gray aliens. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So finally, people are asking, and and then they're sort of subtly demanding. Well, you really should find out what the heck went on during those two hours. If you're if you're responsible investigators, you you owe it to all of us and to yourselves to do this. So that's when we really thought about it. So Tanya was not yet going to school, but she was doing a lot of research on it, and it was like okay, and we happened to have the opportunity to do it. So I went first and okay. So in a nutshell, when we were down in the TNT area, um, something realized that we could sense it, that we were hooking into its energy and that caught its attention. Now you were talking about the cover of roommates from beyond. My session was recorded and we sent it to a bunch of people to have it vetted. I try to be very, very thorough before we go public with anything. So I said, listen to this, see if it makes sense, you you know, and, and, and the responses were, yeah, this has a coherence to it. So Chuck, when he listened to it, he said, I want to draw that thing that you saw. Mm. So I'll, I'll send you guys a, Mm. uh, I'll send you guys the sketch. Um, I'll email it to you. Yeah, please. Yeah. It kind of, it kind of looks like a cross between a deer and a goat Mm -hmm. but the eyes are very much the sort of big oversized almond eyes of an alien and my feeling is that was what it was and the rest of it was screen memory 
right? So sometimes people see aliens, but they really see owls. They really see deer. I think that's what was going on. So it happens in stages, and I'm going to try to move quickly. We get freaked out and we leave, but it knows that we sense it. So then it wants to test us, which is why it leapt over the road in front of us. Well, it could sense me. Let's see if it can see me or they can see me. Well, we could see it. Then it was game on. So what happened was as we were going down the road, our car became increasingly transparent after spinning around like a centrifuge. And we wind up in this alternate dimension. Now there's a barn there. It's pristine. It's like a set of like a Technicolor movie or a Vistacolor movie back in the day. And I'm not buying it at all. I'm going, wait a minute, where are the animals? Why doesn't it smell like a farm? And the message I'm getting is just relax and just, just invest in this. Invest in it and it'll be okay. At that point, I see these arms, these long, thin black arms come around my body and I see these uh, three fingers with, it looks like when we were kids, uh, on holidays, we used to take black olives and put them on the tips of our fingers <laughs> and make each other laugh. And that's what it looked like. And <clears throat> they took me for a walk and then they added like this grain silo. And I was like, wait a minute, that's like shiny stainless steel. Like that totally wouldn't happen. And and they and they kept saying, not a good candidate. This guy is not Aww. a good candidate right that's kind of how i felt because i asked him i said is tanya a good candidate like the the regression therapist said was tanya a good candidate and i said oh yeah of course she was a great candidate but not not me so so uh um <clears throat> yeah and then we wound up back in the car and that's when i saw the garage it was this sunny's garage and they were and i think what happened jacques lee talks about um during abductions, the memories that you get and the games that they play with you and the visions that you have are, are a mix of what they're implanting and what they're pulling from your mind. So it's this weird dance of your own memories and what they're injecting into your psyche. And from the time I was a little, little kid, I wanted to be a mechanic. And uh, they, I was talked out of it by the school guidance counselors. Like I was too smart to be a mechanic. And I always kind of regretted that because I would have loved that. I would have loved it. And I love cars and all that. So I think they pulled that memory and they were trying to hook me in with this fascinating thing. I also think that's why the car went transparent because I'm watching the tranny, the drivetrain, the engine, I'm watching mm. everything happen. And I think they wanted to hook me so that they could observe me without me observing them. And that's that's kind of my story. Right. And then I was later, uh, what was it, about three weeks later? Yeah, I, I think, think it was, was three or four weeks later, yeah. And for me, it was slightly different. I ended up uh, in a sort of like a round room, which I later found out, I'm pretty sure it was a craft. Um, but what I really noticed was I was sensing this being off to my right, and they were scanning me with this like box, um, like this rectangular box like device. Uh, I was kind of suspended. And then I, I was like lying, but then I kind of tipped up. So I was vertical. And then from there I was transported. And then I was outside in this like wood-like setting. And I'm just standing in the woods, looking around, wondering like what's going on. 
I think there was a dog there. At one point I heard this incredible howl coming from somewhere off in the woods. I, I don't know what it was, but I remember thinking like, that could be Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then there was like a bank and water and it was all very, very real, like down to the leaves on the ground. And then I was back in the ship and, um, and before I knew it, I was kind of making my way, like floating toward the, the door of the ship. And then I, oh, at one point I did catch a glimpse of just like the side of the face. And, and it was a, almost like a classic gray. The only mm. thing different about it was like the top of the head. I drew a picture. We'll send you guys a picture okay. of this too, but the top of the Please. head is like more round and bulbous, if mm. that makes sense. So like a gray, but like it made me think of um, Mars attack. Aleister Crowley. Yeah. Oh, more, yeah. Uh, yeah oh, kind of like lamb. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, that, so that's, that's, that's the story. So how, how do you, how do you live with that now? How do you, how do you go forward wow. and process that? I mean, what do you do with it? That's, well, we told the story that that's what we did. We told the story publicly. Um, as soon as like we, we met with some of, I don't want to say our team, but some colleagues that we trusted and we said, look, people really take us seriously. They get that Tanya is a psychic medium that we've experienced ghosts, uh, possessions, uh, demon kind of thing. We, we, and, and people take us very seriously and they trust us. So now 11 years later, we're going to come out and we're going to say, oh, Plus, we've also experienced <laughs> yeah, these aliens right. and drove around in like a, a Wonder Woman car. Yeah. So I had this real crisis. It was like uh, Tanya's regression was on a Saturday. And that Sunday morning, we were sitting around coffee. And I said, I, I, I'm really concerned. I'm really concerned. <laughs> and they said, don't be concerned. Just tell people about this like you tell them about everything and kind of let the chips fall as they may. And so we did an episode. Uh, people are curious about it. So we've talked about it on lots of other shows. We've done presentations on it, uh, you know, through Zoom and and those kinds of things. And and uh, people seem to be okay with it. Um, it's, it's very odd. Uh, I don't know that I'll ever fully process it. For me, it's kind of been like, ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> For years, I've joked. I mean, and I really was just joking. Um, but I'd always say, oh, the aliens must have got me last night. <laughs> because I have these really weird experiences where I'll wake up and I'll have, you know, finger marks on my arms or my legs. Um, I've had that happen often when I'm alone, like, you know, I'm, I'm away on business or whatever. So it's not like Joey accidentally bumped me in the night or something like that. Um, it happens to me quite a bit. So I always joke, oh, yeah, it was, must have been the aliens while I was sleeping. So I was like, oh, yeah, okay, well. But, I mean, it's very common for experiencers to have experiences across the board. Yeah. Like, you know, high strangeness, uh -huh. and, you know, encounters with cryptids, hauntings, um, abduction or contactee. It's just, it's very common. So whatever the phenomenon is, um, it's attracted to certain people. I think... A lot of it really has to do, I don't know if it's like your energy field or something about your psyche or what it is, but whatever it is, it's, it tends to attract, you know, the gamut. Well, and, and even with the show, like 
as a microcosm of what we were just the bigger picture, we started with ghosts and we're now talking about aliens, experiencers, and even like cryptic creatures bounding over roads. So mm-hmm. we're going all over the place because this phenomena does go all over the place. It's not just yeah. one thing. And that's something that's been a theme on our show, I think, over the past few years the with glue. some of the guests that we've had the glue. is constantly talking about that, you know, we're not just team ghost, team UFO. Team Cryptid, which for a long time, I feel like a lot of those fields were very separated where yeah. the, the I always very thought. Fragmented, yeah. Yeah. And I always thought the UFO people were extra crazy. The Bigfoot people don't even talk to them. <laughs> and the ghost people were like the cool kids club. And I think now it's it's mixing more. It's slow. But people are starting to wake up to the idea that the phenomena is bigger than what they think yeah, it is. And, and and the UFO thing has really come into its own yeah. with a lot of the stuff in the news. Uh, great documentaries that are. I don't know if you guys saw the. Um, oh, it was not James Cameron. What am I thinking of his name? Um, it's Cameron. called The Phenomenon, and it's a really good documentary that just came out. And I think the part that grabbed everybody. Uh, Joe and Tanya, have you are you familiar with that story about the kids in Zimbabwe? Yes. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Oh, so, yeah. oh my God, that story is so right. good. For those, I mean, we don't have to go into it now, but for those, if you're wondering, Google like aliens. Landing in Zimbabwe kids mm-hmm. school, and you will have a great story to read. And these kids, they got them all back together for this documentary at the end of it, and none of them have changed their story. None of them. And they still have like that fear and that feeling. Well, I don't even know if it scared them really. It just because I think the things came down or the aliens and kind of said, you know, we're, we're here in peace. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like they weren't being too freaky aliens. Like just, I don't know, they were, they were cool. <laughs> they, were hip, yeah. they were hippies. Yeah. And that's kind of how I felt when, when whatever the being, I'm going to call it a gray, was scanning me with the box. I wasn't, there was no feeling of anxiety. I wasn't afraid. I was actually, if anything, impatient. I remember saying, okay, like how long is this going to take? Because I'm just kind of hanging here suspended. Well, I think, but yeah. I wasn't afraid. I think the more people talk about this type of stuff like when i asked you guys like what do you do with a story like this and you're like well we've talked about it more people are more comfortable to come forward with their own experiences and stories to start realizing that it's not just you know one percent of the population that's that's had these types of experiences dreams whatever like there's a lot more people out there yeah that's that's my favorite part of the work that we do is that people finally feel like they have an opportunity to to speak their truth and and not be judged or not worry about somebody thinking they're crazy right and and keel turns out to be a prophet because (laughs) he he said that all of this stuff was linked and sure enough we're saying you know i think skinwalker ranch is a great laboratory yeah you have every single possible thing from portals to to bigfoot but then there's a ufo to to bulls apparating yep. into a tiny little locked trailer and and cattle mutes and oh just every everything you know uh uh they unpack the groceries they go out to the car they come back and the groceries are repacked yeah. right so you got poltergeist so i have a book coming out this summer hopefully called parallels and patterns uh, my lifelong quest for answers. Yeah. And that's what it's about. Just going, what are the overlaps in all of this disparate phenomena? I'm a fan of something called transdisciplinary uh, studies where we have to pull in from, just like Keel said, philosophy, religion, quantum physics, neuroscience, theology, uh, sociology, anthropology. Why do religious people see these things as the Virgin Mary and these kids in Zimbabwe see them as aliens yeah. is it is it just our cultural context 
are they trying to help us? Why why did I see this thing as a deer goat man with alien <laughs> eyes? Like how how is that like helping me? I don't yeah. know. So well, I guess the question for, that I would ask also about that is, you know, what because I think perception's everything. I, I live by that idea now. Perception's everything. What what you may see, I may see something totally different, right? Mm-hmm. It's just how you perceive things. I and to me, the real question for that is what makes you perceive it that way? You know, mm-hmm. what what makes you perceive me perceive it one way and you perceive it the other way? You know, is it just cultural? Um, is it is it how you're raised? Um, you know, is it where you lived? I mean, I mean, there's a, there's a that right there. Unfortunately, opens up a, a Pandora's box because <laughs> there's it's endless, really, on, on right. how you could answer a question like that. I think. Yeah, Ingo Swan had a good um, phrase for that. He called it our reality box. And your reality box is basically what you said, you know, your cultural experience, your upbringing, um, you know, the filter through which you process information as it comes in. I mean, you could have a family. We've talked about this often here on the show. I mean, you have one family that tells their children and they're, they're not being bad parents. They tell their children, ghosts don't exist. There's no such thing as, as ghosts and stuff like that. So go to bed. <laughs> don't be right. so scared. I said, I've been saying this for years and they're just being good parents. My parents did it to me. They told me that. Um, and we know, I think what that does, it does build up these filters and you might have family B around the block that's, that are very open to it and say, yeah, ghosts do exist and they're not going to hurt you. Sleep tight. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. If you see something float by the bed, don't worry about it. It'll be cool, right? So that you and there are families that do that. They they acknowledge this stuff and say this is a very real thing, and we don't want you to be blocked from that. So I mean, that, that's two different, uh, you know, r- parenting approaches right there. That to me are they're very dramatic and how a children mm-hmm. looks at the war a child looks at the world as they grow up, right? That's Our daughter I'm... always jokes. She's a she's a very talented psychic medium herself, and mm-hmm. she always jokes. Yeah, most kids when they see something in the closet, their parents say, "No, nah, there's no such thing." She said, "No, my parents are like, yeah, ghosts are real, Bigfoot's real, <laughs> aliens all yeah, real." Yeah, and can you describe it in detail? Because we're working on yeah, a new book. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know, uh, two things come to mind. Um, Prior to the famous Mallet Scarberry sighting, right, in the 57 Chevy on Route 62 in November of 66, prior to that, a man and his wife who were very religious, they had just gotten done reading the Bible, uh, Mothman shows up basically in their bedroom (laughs) at the foot of their bed. And they say it kind of looked angelic, but we knew that it was demonic. Mm. Then think about this trope that's going around like on the shows and this and that, which is really unfortunate. If a little girl or a little boy manifests as a ghost, no, it's a demon in disguise and it it wants to suck your soul out. And and that's all about that reality box. It's all about that that one case that we had in the book that didn't turn out very well. The woman was on this high reality TV diet. And no matter how much we told her, this is a young man whose parents used to own the house. He committed suicide and he's coming to the place that gave him the greatest comfort and he means you no harm. She said, it's a demon. He wants to sleep with me. He wants to kill my children. He wants to possess us all. He wants to destroy our life. We couldn't help her and we couldn't help the ghost. And I don't know what's worse. They're, They're both 
they're will, they're both each yeah. equally tragic. The, the biology uh, of belief I, I, it can be worse than anything. Uh, I mean, I'm, actually, yeah. I'm actually team ghost on that in that situation. To be honest with you, oh, I don't think right on. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah. That, and I, I mean, don't you know everything? Everything's a demon, but don't you guys know? Like, come on, really? That's what I keep hearing too. And I'm like, okay, I guess everything's a demon now. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder what the next trend's going to well, be. No, well, demons just, <laughs> and it goes back to ghost, the, the term Smurf. ghost hunter. It goes back to that idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it just sounds good. Yeah. It sells. Yeah. It, it, I it mean, sells. It, it sells. It sells TV. It, it, well, yeah, especially, and demon, oh, dude, demon. Now that sells. People mm-hmm. love, I mean, because unfortunately, I think what we're still fighting with, you know, it, it is a battle, I think, with the, with this field, is is the element still, the Hollywood element, that was there way before the reality TV ever had a part in it, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. There was yeah. always that. I mean, I will, I will, I'll be honest about that. I probably would have never picked up my first ghost book, book on ghost stories or stuff like that if it wasn't for the film Poltergeist, because that movie blew my mind when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it made me, but it, you know, it, Steven Spielberg made me think about well, what could be going on? What is there stuff that really does happen like this? Of course, it isn't like that. Demons don't come out of walls, and and you don't grab a rope that's slimy and yank yourself through a wall. I mean, but it did make me think about things, and it did inspire me to start reading books and reading stories, and and then start thinking about different ideas. So that's a good thing, um, mm-hmm. right. and I acknowledge that. But I learned very quickly that it isn't like Poltergeist. It isn't like Annabelle. It isn't like The Conjuring. Uh, we all know it's a way different thing and it isn't about like reality TV either. So, right. I mean, again, demon just sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> it, it does. And, and, and I've never, I've never said this, I think on air before, but um, I, I mentioned, or well, maybe we were, we're, we're on a different show earlier and maybe I, I mentioned it to him, but we were talking about manifestation, infestation, oppression yeah. and possession the four. Well, we've witnessed a possession and we've witnessed an attempted possession. All I can say is, <clears throat> you know, it's funny. Amber was talking about the fact that maybe you were a gangster, you know, because <laughs> of your. Um, I I grew up, I I grew up among mafia in Jersey, like serious. Yeah, way to go, Amber. I did, I did. No, no, no. And and you know what I've learned, and and as an actor too, I learned this. Yeah. When you have real power, you don't have to yell and scream. You don't have to break things. No, you don't, because you have real power. Yeah. Now, like you can lose your temper and, and and lose your temper, but you don't have to. And that's scarier. And during that possession, watching this woman, her eyes change color, hearing her voice change, hearing the things she was saying, the cackle. It wasn't, you know, doors weren't slamming and opening. We weren't getting covered in like pea soup. Her head wasn't spinning around. <laughs> yeah. But I will say as much as I find the movie, The Exorcist, incredibly frightening, um, that was that was true evil. That we experienced in that moment. And that's not a 30 minute challenge on YouTube. That's not a sexy. There's nothing sexy about it. And it's not, you know, is someone going to think that I'm brave or cool or mighty because I'm facing down this demon? It was like, I want this to stop immediately. And I don't want this thing to win. I don't want to lose this woman Mm. forever. And that was the. That was the big thing to me. And I think that's why Tanya and I are a little more vocal about here's how we think we should do this. And here's what we think is going on. I think that's why. I'll be the first one to say that a lot of the stuff we're talking about scares the living daylights out of me. Mm -hmm. It does. Mm -hmm. I find it fascinating. I find it interesting. 
but it scares the hell out of me. Like if it really happened, it, it would, would be... really I would really be disturbed. Like I would I've really had, be scared. I've had dreams recently where I am there's something dark in the room. Like I can't see it. I guess I know it's a ghost. Sometimes it's moving things around, like shifting furniture, and I'm just sort of trapped in this dream observing this, mm-hmm. and I'm getting that fear that someone would get that you know lives in a haunted house and experiences that because mm-hmm. as someone who's been around this for a long time you're like oh you know i can go in cemeteries at night that doesn't scare me i'm fine but then you get this little refresher by something as simple as a kind of a spooky dream and you're like oh god if that yep that would terrify me if i came into my kitchen and saw all of the doors open suddenly and things like that like that would give you a very unsettling feeling well that it's beyond unsettling just i mean in you i can picture it in my head in the house we live in like and, if and i walked out of one room e- and came in there and all the cupboards were open up yeah i mean it would just i mean like, but even okay, if we're it's moving. not we're even moving. if it's not yeah. ghosts though and it's just something purely on some crazy physics level that we just mm-hmm. don't comprehend because that's very well anyway, where i think a lot of the paranormal is going yeah, yeah and yeah. and what causes it but and it, but it's just unnerving to be around phenomena that you can't even begin to grasp understand or explain which is why i think everyone loves the paranormal yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so, and, and, and and there is this idea too, and you just made me think about that, Amber. Is yeah, what if these aren't ghosts? And I say that in quotes, um, you know, ghosts in the traditional sense. What if this mm-hmm. is some force of nature? And we this is an idea I've been tripping on for a couple of years now. Is what if what if this is some kind of force of nature that we just don't understand yet well i don't know if this plays into like what what you're asking right now i don't know if this plays into tanya's project for this year yeah. which is uh in our notes it says the waking reality is actually the dream and can be analyzed in the same way yeah that's true that is something i got in a meditation mm-hmm. uh and something i'm starting to explore right now and yeah it, it was just this this idea that you know They've said for many years, like ancient cultures, philosophers, um, you know, it's an illusion. This is all just an illusion. And so I've done dream analysis with clients for many years. I do it with my own dreams and just starting to look. I just have been playing with it, like looking at my own life. Well, if this is a dream, how would I analyze it? And it's fascinating because it's like, oh my gosh, uh, metaphorically, that makes absolutely so much sense, you know, and just like... In a dream, oftentimes, for example, your house represents your psyche or a building that you're in might represent your psyche and the different rooms in the house or the building represent different aspects of your psyche and just kind of breaking that down and looking at that, Mm -hmm. you know, what do the people in your life represent metaphorically? It's fascinating. So, yeah, Um, but I wanted to back up for a second, too, because you were talking about just, you know, what if they're not ghosts? What if they're Mm -hmm. just some kind of strange aspect of the phenomenon? And it made me think of something that happened. uh, Gosh, this would have been 20, maybe 17, I think it was. We were living in North Carolina, and I see... I see ghosts all the time in our homes and sometimes it it freaks me out and sometimes it doesn't. I think Amber, like what you were talking about, if you walk into your kitchen and there's that element of surprise um, for me, if I like, Oh, Hey Frank, you know, (laughs) I'm expecting to see Frank, but if it's, you know, some ghost that I'm not familiar with and it's just showing up, it frightens me. But anyway, it was like three o'clock in the morning. I had gone up to the kitchen to get a drink of water. And in our kitchen, we had like this little window, you could see into the living room. 
And I'm standing there drinking the water and I'm looking in the living room and on the sofa, I know it's not a ghost because it just clearly has no intelligence whatsoever. And I just, I just know that it's not, but it is an apparition of a woman with blonde hair. She has like this crazy blue eyeshadow, red lipstick smeared on her face. And she's got this maniacal grin on her face and she's just staring straight ahead. She's not doing anything, just sitting there maniacally. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I don't even know what to do with that. So I went right back to bed. But the next day I mentioned to my son, I was like, you're not even going to believe what I saw on the sofa at three o'clock in the morning. And he said, oh, wow, that's so weird. That sounds like, I think the character's name is Janet. I might be wrong from, uh, oh, crap, what's the name of the movie? Now it's escaping I don't know. me. What was it? Dawn of the Dead, no, Army of Dawn Darkness, of the... something uh, like that. There's One a of those movie movies they like were that. watching, and uh, th- there's a character who looks exactly like that. And I think what it was is my daughter was probably sitting on that part of the sofa, and that character probably really freaked her, freaked oh, her out. Yeah. And it was it was a projection yeah. or a thought form or a tulpa. Yeah. And I, 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 I'd still, I be, love I'd still that. be calling a realtor. I don't care. <laughs> I'm out of there. I'm not playing that game. No, no thank you. <laughs> no, I love thinking about things like that because that's a whole other realm of well, yeah. like wildness that I just I love. And and you got to think outside of the box, otherwise we're never going to get ever going to figure anything out. And, and that is why I, you know I really do find that idea fascinating. And it it's still very vague. But yeah, what if this is something that we don't expect? It's it's just something some force of nature as i said that we just don't understand yet and we may never right. understand or maybe we won't understand in our lifetimes maybe someday we will get it uh right. it's it's an interesting th- thing to think about um and but yeah it, it, and i think what makes it go ahead amber no go ahead i think i think what makes it you know so interesting and also so disturbing and unnerving is that we the fact that we don't understand it right uh right. that's the problem so yeah, it just all revolves around that idea. I think that just, and that's just something I've been thinking about too. You guys, um, you know, we've been talking about the past a bit here. I mean, well, we talked about the future. We talked about the past, but what, what, um, the present right now, um, like what are you guys doing? Like work you guys are doing like presently as we speak. Right. So of course we're, we're still in lockdown. So yeah. we're trying to help clients as much as we can through, uh, video, telephone, email, all of that. You know, we talked a little bit about the projects we're working on. So my new book, Parallels and Patterns, mm-hmm. um, my lifelong quest for answers and Tanya's thing. We're we're developing our show. We spend a lot of time. We're lucky. We get a lot of invitations to be on other people's shows. And we're creating a series of um, presentations on numerous, numerous topics so that hopefully when everything opens up again, we can really go out and tour and maybe get a van and put a bed in it (laughs) and kind of go on a sort of on a presentation tour and have, I don't know, 15, 20 one hour outlines that we can talk about. So that's, so we're deep into research. We're still learning. We're watching documentaries. There's a great Lyndon Moulton Howe one about Antarctica Mm-hmm. Uh, that's on Amazon right now. There's another one called Third Eye Spies. Oh, that's a good about one. The remote viewing. Oh, yeah, yes. that's, that's a good great. one. So we're kind of in school, uh, always in school, because this stuff can bite you if you don't stay on your toes and stay humble. 
Yeah, and this is a good time. I mean, I know there's a lot of bad, and I've been saying this for a while about the pandemic that's happening right now. And what I've been preaching the whole way through this is take the time you have now and do something with it. I mean, yeah, yeah. work on something yeah. uh, or even just reflect. Some people just, right. I know if there's anything I've gotten out of this pandemic, it has been some some solitude that I sorely needed and mm-hmm. just some serious like, okay, I need to chill because I don't stop moving. Right. right. And mm-hmm. it's a great thing. Amber? Well, and you're, we you're have busy. a mutual mentor, Rosemary Ellen yeah. Guiley. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we absolutely loved her and we miss her terribly. Mm-hmm. And you guys, what you guys are doing something to honor her. What are you working on with her legacy? Oh, so a couple of a couple of different things. Uh, we did a tribute show to her um, that we spread around and get on as many stations and things as possible that we can. But um, Tanya, Tanya works with her almost every Aww. day, all day. So I'm going to turn it over to Tanya on that. Yeah, it's been it's been an amazing journey. Um, with Rosemary since her passing. And I'm not the only one, Amber. I, I don't know if you've had contact from her, uh, Amber and Scott, since she passed, but I know a lot of people. I've actually feel like Rosemary's had a hand in connecting us with a lot of her friends from Beyond the Veil. I'll give you one quick example. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of ours, Gary Mance, connected us with Nic- Nicole Strickland and thought, you know, you guys should be friends. You, have a lot in common your philosophies are similar and so nicole Nicole and i hit it off we were talking she sent us her books we're going to have her on her show but when her book uh her books arrived there were three and i just intuitively grabbed one of them and and opened it and i opened it to the page there's a big picture of her and rosemary on an Uh investigation together so there's been a lot of really cool synchronicities like that but pretty much daily i am meditating i don't get messages from rosemary every day but i basically got a regiment from her she kind of laid it out what she would like me to do it's basically meditating for two hours a day reading and researching for two hours a day um just developing this work and that idea about awakening into the dream that was all rosemary so um she's just going to kind of guide me through that and i take notes i get this information from her and i jot it all down and it's Mm. been pretty amazing and another medium told you that you two are going to write a book together so it's just sort of being open to it all but but i think the biggest part is you know wwrd what would Rosemary do? Yeah. Um, because you guys know, first of all, she didn't suffer fools. And if you made a mistake, not a mistake as you were learning, because she was a great teacher and mentor, but if you just lost your head or got a little ego or, or went too fast and screwed something up, she would tell you. And it's that feeling of she's still watching. So let's do, you know, we owe everything to Rosemary. Um, we wouldn't be here talking to you guys right now, literally or figuratively, um, if it wasn't for Rosemary. So so we carry that that burden. We're, we're in contact with her husband now. Her husband and I talk almost every day. Mm-hmm. So we've developed this friendship. And again, I think that was Rosemary's hand in it because I hardly knew him. Mm-hmm. And at the right time, we just started connecting. So so that's really what's what's going on as, as far as that is is carrying her torch and trying to do right by her faith in us. 
She, uh, all the years we knew Rosemary and, and spoke with her on the show and stuff like that. Um, and she was always, as we know, so soft spoken and so just so methodical and everything that she, you know, it, she would process everything that came out of her mouth. I think she just, I mean, yeah. yep. she, you know, very th- well thought, very well spoken on everything she did. And that's what I, you know, I guess our juxtaposition with her was always fun. Cause she'd come on, on ghostly talk or we'd all hang out together at a conference and we're a bunch of, we're a bunch of wild people. We're a bunch of goofballs. <laughs> uh, and she'd sit there and hang out with us and chit chat with us all the same. Uh, and we, mm-hmm. we all spent so much time together and same thing with, with me too. just speaking as myself, you know, getting out of the goofiness and, and jumping around and having fun, uh, we would sit down and have conversations. We'd sit down at our, at our tables at whatever conference we were at and just have a conversation about whatever it might be. Um, and sometimes we would cut hard. We would cut deep and start talking really, really deep about some wild subjects and just talk about it very candidly. Uh, and that's what I miss about her was was just that, um, that she was always somebody I know I could talk to if I wanted to. I could just pick the phone up and give her a call if I wanted. Uh, she was she was just that available all the time to all of us. And yeah, she was a great teacher. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well said. Yeah. So lastly, you guys have another project yeah, we, yet waiting. I know this is endless. I was that's why I was looking through all these notes. I'm trying, and to, I was I'm like, trying to make coffee in the morning. I'm, I'm like, like getting a, I'm getting a cramp in my right leg. This show is going to go for more than an hour because they have too much cool stuff going on. Yeah. But you you have also another project that you want to launch called the RTC, which stands for the Red Thread Collective, and it's right. where you're looking at fringe subjects. Can you explain a little more? Yeah. So I've always been curious about that. I write a lot of fiction. Um, I'm working on a big series about like the military industrial intelligence complex and uh, the corporate oligarchy and and how the paranormal and secret societies and all this uh, <clears throat> worshiping ideas like mammon, which is the personification of greed, but actually getting it to manifest as a beast. So all these things, but you know, <clears throat> without without going too much into current things, there are certain movements now that are are presenting conspiracy theories. And I think that that's a tired term um, because it, it's got so much negativity attached to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A conspiracy is simply one more than one person getting together to do something yeah. is a conspiracy. Yeah. Um, you know, legally and otherwise. And it's a theory. Right. They say that conspiracy theory. They don't call it a conspiracy fact. Although some people now do, conspiracy theorists say, I'm a conspiracy factualist. So I said, let's look at fringe theories because I love these. And there's weird stuff out there. So one day we're hanging with our friends and uh, I can't remember the name for yarn because I don't know if we've been having a few drinks or whatever. So I say, you know, like conspiracy theorists, when they put pictures and maps and stuff all over their wall and then they take red thread and they connect it. Yeah. And they're like, red thread. What the hell are you talking about? You're talking about yarn. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about yarn. So I said, let's <laughs> let's create a little group, a little ad hoc group called the Red Thread Collective, the RTC. And let's look at fringe theories, but let's look at them with the same rigor. Um, you know, ourselves and factually. And so our first one is January 28th, uh, Thursday night, 7 p.m. on our Into the Outer Realms Facebook page. And we're going to have some guests come on. And we're looking at Denver International Airport and the Georgia <laughs> Guidestones. Oh, really? Uh, we're just looking at them. We've, been, we've spent two months, all of us doing independent research. There's There's six of us. Four of us will be on camera. Two of them are in the shadows for now. 
And uh, and we're just going to talk about it and go, yeah, that makes sense. That doesn't make sense. Oh, I found this bit. Oh, I'm really concentrated on this bit. And we're not going to try to figure it out. And we're not going to try to link it to some, you know, secret organization. Although you can't talk about either one of those without talking about the New World Order, um, <laughs> at least in a theoretical sense. Right. So so that's the new project. Um, you know, we may look at the Kennedy assassination. We may look at uh, Basaggio's uh, project. Pegasus, right? The time travel. Oh, where... that's a weird one. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of but... dig that because I really want to believe in time travelers. <laughs> yeah, and, and this well... this guy like ran for president and then even yep. claimed that um, that his dad saw Trump on the new like on Donahue back in the day and was like, that guy's gonna be president. Like he said it then and said he and I don't know. It's like weird and you don't yeah. know if any of it's true yeah. or not. But it, it's still right. it's wild. Right. It's wild to yeah. contemplate. I can, I can only say two and a half years of rigorous research, and I have hardly been able to poke a hole in this thing. Huh. So so that makes me go weird. And then we were interviewing a guy, right? Passaggio talks about these two purple pillars of energy that were the portal. And that's how kind of it would manifest. We just happen to be talking to this guy who who says, oh, by the way, I'm an experiencer. And I saw this really weird thing. Here's what I saw. I saw these two columns of purple energy, like a doorway in the middle of a field in Pennsylvania. And that's where the parallels and patterns collection comes in. You go, holy crap, that might mean something. Right. It may mean nothing. But it may mean something. So that's what the RTC is about. It's real fun. We've assigned secret nicknames to each other and symbols and Nordic ruins. And it's not to take it seriously. It's to take it light. We're like we're like some kind of I said, we're like uh, we're like a bunch of kids in a fort, you know, with your secret symbols and stuff. Yeah. But but the but the material, I think, will be fun for the audience. And, you know, you have six or seven people doing two months of research. You're going to come up with some interesting factoids and overlaps and inconsistencies. So that's what that's about. Yeah, and we need to bring some levity to these fringe subjects anyway we because do. they've they've gotten yeah. way too oppressed lately. Yeah. And, so, and sometimes it was just fun to look at these these odd topics and just go cool instead uh-huh. of taking it super serious and like you know making it political or something even weirder. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Where can people find you? Where can they listen to your podcast? Sure. So on Facebook, it's Into the Outer Realms, and it uh, airs Thursday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if they wanted to message us there, they can, or they can find us independently on Facebook. I'm, my page is Tanya Medea Medium, and Joey is Joey Medea. Yay! We'll, we'll put all those links, of course, on the posting for this show also. For thank everybody. you. Thank you. Make sure we do that for you guys. And I want to thank you both for taking... All this time we spent uh, to chat about this, I, I could go for I could go for three days on this kind of stuff. It's 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 also fascinating to me, and I and I always leave it with more questions. That's the I, I can't believe I haven't driven that's myself. That's a good. That's how you know insane. you've had a good conversation. Yeah, but I, I agree. This no, was a great a, no, conversation. Yeah, and it's a great conversation. So yeah, I'd love to do it. We we would love to do it again with you guys sometime down the road. Cool, us too. We would love that. Ghostly talk. <laughs> Did you ever share this again?